Hey guys, did did you know that the draft is coming? <laughs> yeah, like within five weeks. We haven't had anything else to talk about. So, you know, let's just dive in there today a little bit. Welcome to another episode of the Barty Time Brews. I'm your host, John Delray. Yes, today we're taking a look at the offensive side of the ball. The combine is finally done. And I know the Packers have had just a couple little tidbits of news before the combine and after the combine, but it's time we really turned our attention there in full. We're now into the depth of free agency. We're past the headline signings. Could something still occur? Yeah, it could. But in terms of the Green Bay Packers, they don't have any money. So I wouldn't exactly hold your breath. But one thing that we can say is that the NFL draft this year, because the Green Bay Packers still have a wealth of roster spots to fill up, the draft is going to be of the utmost importance. The only complication to this is we don't even know what picks the Packers are going to have yet. Whether you're on the camp of, well, the Jets have all the leverage and the Packers are going to get a third round pick and nothing else. Or whether you're in the camp of the Packers have all the leverage and they're getting 10 first round picks. It doesn't really matter. At this point in time, we don't know what the exact draft profile looks like for the Green Bay Packers. Nonetheless, we can identify holes on the roster as they stand right now and what players in the draft may fit the historical thresholds for the Packer way. Maybe they're Packer people. Let's take a look at a few of them today, at least for the offensive side of the ball. Couple news and tidbits for you. First of all, the channel Lombardi Time Brews is now significantly over 500 subscribers. If you are a new subscriber, welcome to the channel. If you've been here since the original, which I know a few of you were OGs back, way back in August when I started this channel. Either way, it's been six, seven months now since I started this channel. I've had 500 subs circled as an accomplishment or something to be really proud of for this community for a long time. So to be there now really, really, even before the draft is just tremendous. And I'm so thankful that you've chosen to make Lombardi Time Brews just a small part of your Packers coverage. So thank you for being here. Other Packers-related news. Number one, Adrian Amos. Yes, the starter at safety for the last few years for the Packers. He took a visit. Um... I gotta be honest, I kind of, like, I know I've talked about Amos. Is it possible they still bring him back, given their holes at safety? It's possible, but it's going to stretch the budget. Realistically, the best time would have been to sign Adrian Amos would have been back before the void or years or dead cap all kind of accelerated. That would have been the best time. Packers could have signed him for no new cap money. And I talked about that at the time, but instead, we're now well past that. I don't know if Amos has come back. Look, he's, he's taking a visit. And yesterday, he was in Baltimore. Yes, he's from Baltimore. The Baltimore Ravens just traded one of their safeties, Clark, to the Jets. They have a hole at safety. Adrian Amos is from there. If the Ravens are comfortable with how Adrian Amos performed this last year, and they don't believe that it's an age decline, if they... If they attribute his downfall to just the mess that was the Packers' secondary, then this would make a lot of sense for the Baltimore Ravens. I do think Adrian Amos is going to be moving on, but given their hole at safety, I wouldn't hate it if he's back, that's for certain. News item number two, there have been a number of Packer fans clamoring, some even on this channel, uh, looking for DJ Shark to sign with the Green Bay Packers. 
My stance on it is I think the Green Bay Packers at wide receiver are only looking for a veteran presence, someone to make the passing game cohesive. A Randall Cobb type, if you will, who suspiciously is still available. DJ Shark, I know a lot of people wanted him, but realistically, I didn't see the fit. Kind of similar to McCole Hardman. Anyway, he now signs with the Panthers, joining Adam Thielen. Uh, Moore has since been traded, but the Panthers is kind of building this great amalgam of offensive pseudo-weapons in Carolina, looking to be an improved offense this year. So he goes to Carolina. He's now off the Packers board. Last news item before we get into the draft prospects would be outside linebacker, edge player Justin Hollins being re-signed by the Green Bay Packers. A one-year, $1.2 million contract it's believed to be. I love this signing. Hollins came in at the midpoint last year after being waived by the Rams, and he did offer some pass rush present, garnering multiple sacks down the stretch for the team. This is a guy who, once Rashawn Gary went down, did provide a spark to a position that had Enigbare just kind of learning the ropes with sheer athleticism and Preston Smith locking down one side. They needed a guy like Hollins with some experience, and he completely lived it out for them. He also played some special teams for the Packers. To retain him at a position that's short on depth, especially if Rashawn Gary is going to be slow to come around this year from his ACL injury, this is a big deal. Now... Does it change the draft prospects of the Packers picking an edge early? Probably not. I mean, this isn't that kind of signing. Realistically, right now, Hollins is probably in that outside linebacker, edge player, three or four on the depth chart. You got Rashawn, Preston, and Egbare, and Hollins in there kind of together. And then after that, you've got the Jonathan Garvins of the world. If they were to draft someone to go and be in definitive number three in that spot, then they fall down one notch accordingly. And there you have it. So ultimately, look, end of the day, this is a strong re-signing for the Packers. They got him at a great value, just like they did Rudy Ford a few weeks ago. Uh, strong re-signing by the Green Bay Packers to fortify their defensive depth. Now, draft time. Today, I picked five offensive prospects from the draft. Now, every single one of these guys, I could see picked by the Packers. And this isn't like some mass prediction. I'm not saying in round one, they are absolutely unequivocally going to pick this offensive tackle. Or I'm not saying that this guy who's projected to go in the later rounds, absolutely they're picking him earlier in the shit. No, it's nothing like that. I'm just profiling five guys who for a myriad of reasons may fit the Packer way, may meet their historical thresholds, may be something that the roster is looking for right now. So I have one offensive tackle, one wide receiver, and then decided, because this is such building to be a historic tight end class, I decided to give small profiles on three tight ends, one who I feel like is just proclaimed to be Packer destiny by the fandom, one who's really good but kind of forgotten about, and one who is a great mystery. So... Let's dive right in. The first player is an offensive tackle from Ohio State. And, you know, the funny thing is I didn't see a lot of people kind of connecting dots between him and the Packers until Brian Gutekunst was at their pro day earlier this week. Why was he at their pro day? Maybe to watch this guy. Maybe to see the wide receiver. I don't think he was there for the quarterback, but, like, maybe he was there to look at this guy. And, look, it's offensive tackle Paris Johnson. Johnson comes in at six foot six, 313 pounds. He is a true junior, or he was this last year, a true junior for Ohio State. His pro comp, according to kind of where I looked around most, seemed to be most often Rashawn Slater. In the middle of the first round, if you could throw Rashawn Slater on your line, you take it. Now, 
goods, bads in his game, he is a little leaner, but in terms of his body size, he fits basically all of Green Bay's thresholds for the offensive line. Generally speaking, they like guys to be a little bit taller, they like guys to be leaner, and they like guys who have versatility across the line. Well, in 2021, they, Paris Johnson started a guard for Ohio State. Then in 22, he switched to tackle. And the thing is, the switch between positions, if anything, according to a lot of the things that I read from Ohio State, they believe that he got better. Yes, a year older, but the position change seemed to help as well, especially given his leaner and more mobile frame. Strengths in his game would include being able to charge forward and reach the second level quickly. His agility is a high attribute for him. However, what are his negatives? Per what I've read a lot, he needs to add strength to that frame. One of his biggest weaknesses is being the bona fide anchor on the line. Does this fit with Green Bay? I mean, yeah, it kind of does. Especially for their profile at tackles. Keep in mind, David Bakhtiari was not exactly the biggest guy coming out of college. Look at Zach Tom. Again, a shade on the smaller side, especially leaner. And we know Tom probably wasn't picked exclusively as a tackle. But hey, it's working out. So even Yash, a little bit thinner for an O-lineman. Could the Packers choose a tackle in the first round? Yeah, I think they could, especially if they move on from Yash, especially if they still believe that Zach Tom's true position or where he should wind up is at center, as has been widely speculated. So Paris Johnson, possibility in the first round? Yes, he is. However, you would love to see him add some play strength or just some overall strength to his big body frame. Next, I'm going to move to wide receiver. And look, I get it. Everyone is in love with Jackson Smith Jigba. I, I understand. And, and the mere mention of any wide receiver who isn't JSN from Ohio State is blasphemy at this point. But the truth is, I mean, JSN, does he fit all of their thresholds? Yes, he does. Just barely on some of them, including his weight. I mean, generally speaking, the Green Bay Packers historically have been aiming for wide receivers that are at least five foot nine. Generally, they like them to be about 195 pounds. And he just is over both of those thresholds. But the thing with JSN is he's a remarkable route runner. I mean, he gets Cooper Cup comps. You take that. Absolutely. Unequivocally. And I don't think anyone's going to be upset by that. But... There's tons of analysis of him, tons of fitting to the Packers. I decided to really dedicate my time to one other wide receiver, and that would be from the University of Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt. Now, he's kind of an interesting case. In college last year for the University of Tennessee, he was considered the premier deep threat in the NFL. Or, in college, sorry. And he even had, when he was targeted, the highest quarterback rating in the country on throws that were targeting him. Okay, this is a guy with elite deep speed and explosive short speed. But that's his game. It's speed. And right now he's projected to be anywhere from mid ones to mid twos. His, his draft status is all over the board and here's why. His combine wasn't exactly what you were looking for. Okay, at the combine, this is a guy who came in at six foot even. Okay, that's fine enough. 176 pounds. Now, even that was a little bit lighter than a lot of people thought that he would be, considering that according to the University of Tennessee, last year he weighed at about 185 pounds for them. 
We know university numbers can always be slightly fluffed, a little, little exaggerated maybe to help out their guys, but the difference between 185 and 176 at wide receiver is fairly substantial. So then he got there and he ran a 44140, which for the elite speed guy comes in a little slow. Which it feels insane to say a 441 is 40. It's slow, but realistically, they were expecting something in the four threes. And then when he got to the actual like route running and catching drills, he had a number of drops. Some of them more difficult, some just appeared to be concentration lapses. Nonetheless, though, this is a guy who he was comped most often to Jameson Williams. If you could have taken Jamison Williams last year, would you have? Absolutely, I think the answer is for most Packer fans. And this is a guy who in college spent most of his time in the slot. We know last year both Watson and Dobbs spent time in the slot, but they offense could really, really use a true speed threat that can run up the seam out of the slot. So the pro day for Jalen Hyatt is going to be massive. Why? Because he needs to see if he can run that 40 faster. Not that it's a problem, but you still want to see it faster. He needs to catch the ball. But not only that, he didn't finish all the combine drills because of hamstring tightness. His pro day, in my mind, is going to break whether he's a first or second round pick. But here's the thing, as it matters to Green Bay. Supposedly, according to the rumor mill, Green Bay has told Hyatt that they are very, very interested in his services. And you may immediately be thinking, why? He doesn't exactly fit the mold. This isn't Al Lazard who's going out there and blocking. Heck, this isn't even MVS. What is this? Why would the Packers be so interested? And apparently, despite his size being only 176 pounds, falling well short of the historical uh, thresholds, they view him to be a lot like Olave. The route running skills, the smoothness, just being a natural wide receiver. And if they view him to be another Olave, then they're willing to bend the thresholds to make sure that they get a true wide receiver. Going to be very, very interesting to watch his pro day, but he does seem to fit what Green Bay is currently looking for at the wide receiver position, whether it's their historical norm or not. Now, the tight end position. And this is where things just get... <sighs> deep (laughs) the tight end position normally every single year has like one or two guys and then you fall off a cliff right but this is being considered one of the deepest tight end classes ever yeah ever and the truth is there's one guy who i think came in as tight end one who's kind of being forgotten about in favor of these other guys who weren't viewed so nicely during the college football season who now tested out of this world and now that number one original guy is kind of like, oh, if we get him, it's it's fine, but it's boring. I mean, it's not flashy. So I decided to dive into three different categories here. One, Michael Mayer from University of Notre Dame. Look, the guy posted a 7.73 RAS score. Falls just in line with the Green Bay Packers, just fine. Maybe a touch low. But he's 6'4", 249 pounds. He does have shorter arms than they generally like in almost any position, coming in at three, at 31 and 5 ace inches. But the thing with him, he is a complete tight end. He's not the most explosive blocker, but he's an incredibly capable one. He's not the fastest as a receiver. But he has very sure hands, finds holes in zones, and can exploit mismatches against either defensive backs or linebackers. He's complete. 
it may be boring to have someone who's so complete. But the thing is, when you read over his strengths, weaknesses, when you watch him play, there just isn't a lot of weakness there. But his strengths seem to be almost everything? The biggest thing that you can probably knock on him for is his outright explosion. That he isn't necessarily that much of a run-and-catch threat because he doesn't necessarily have true top-end speed. So, here's the thing. His player comp, Mark Andrews. If you can add Mark Andrews to the Packer offense, do you do it? In a millisecond. Other comps that I saw compared him to a slight, kind of a baby version of Rob Gronkowski coming out of college. A guy who's just complete. I think you add that. I think you unequivocally add that to your offense at 15. And you don't necessarily call it a disappointment. So let's look at option two. Washington from the University of Georgia. Yes, I mean, his closest player comp, I'm just going to say right now, is Mercedes Lewis. And everyone feels as though this is just a predetermined pick from on high. Yes, that big little dog is coming to Green Bay, no doubt about it. And he did just do a top 30 visit at Lambeau Field. I'm not going to glaze over that. Like, it's a thing. He posted a 978 RAS score. He stands at 6'6", 264 pounds. He's got arms that fit their threshold perfectly at 34 and 3 eighths inches. He's an elite blocker. This is just like Mercedes Lewis. You want to put him on your line? Congratulations, you have a sixth lineman. You just got yourself another tackle over there. A six foot six, 246 pound, or 264 pound one. But the thing is, he didn't make that many plays as a receiver at Georgia, and you have to ask the question, why? Well, for one, he was utilized as a blocker at Georgia more often than not. They have a different tight end who made all the amazing star-spangled plays. But the thing with Washington is... Where's his speed? Yes, he ran a good 40 time, but on the field, where's that speed? He did show some agility, certainly in a number of highlights, but he also wasn't running away from anyone ever. So here's the thing. First tight end we talked about, complete package. Second tight end we talked about, blocker. Has good hands, can do some nice things. Route running's a little blurry but blocker. Tight end number three. Posted a perfect 10 RAS score from Old Dominion, Zach Kuntz. Six foot seven, 255 pounds, 34 inch arms. Started out his college career at Penn State with the Nittany Lions, eventually transferring to Old Dominion. I could not find an exact reason for the transfer. However, his playtime certainly went up at Old Dominion. The thing is, even in spite of 40 runs in the, about the four fives, he never seemed to play that quickly on the field per a lot of the reviews that I read. The man's an athletic freak. He is. He's a monster. Strong, fast, and guys like that don't come around often. But the thing is, is he more of a combine tester or more of a football player? Because you'd certainly, per any of the reports that I read about him, you can't trust him to block. But yet, as a receiver, he's smooth. He has some capability to make contested catches, although not a ton. But where he really excels is running away from defenders that are chasing after him. So here's what the Green Bay Packers have to decide. Is his player comp more of him being a baby Travis Kelsey? Or is it more of a Mike Gusecki? Because if it's Kelsey, he fits in what Green Bay tries to do. Kelsey fits anywhere. They make him fit. Let's be real. But just saying it fits. 
to at least have capable enough blocking paired with elite athleticism that you can use as a receiver? Or is it Mike Gusecki, who basically is just a tall wideout? There's a reason the Green Bay Packers, even though they haven't had tremendous receiving options at the tight end position for a couple years, never have shown interest in Gusecki. So, which one is he? And that may determine whether the Packers decide to chase him in the middle rounds or not. So, next week, I'm going to be looking at a few defensive players. This is just a couple of the offensive ones. I'm going to be looking at defensive players. we got mock drafts coming up as well. Uh, I personally utilize the PFF mock draft simulator. I may do a video utilizing that, doing kind of a live mock draft next week as well. Um, so more and more draft content coming in. Of course, we are all on standby for a certain blockbuster trade that we know is coming. I do hope you enjoyed this video. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with me today. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And as always, Go Pack Go!